It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, June 12th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is very interested in your report from the NHL Combine, Russ. You're all going to have to wait. We will get to that all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology, just after completing watching the NHL Combine in person. So we're going to get some really good insight from him today. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app as well. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, before we dig into your report from the NHL Combine, uh, some interesting news coming out of the Stanley Cup final. And it's not about the game itself. Of course, the Vegas Golden Knights are now up three games to one. They could win it all on Tuesday yep. uh, back in Vegas for game five. That was a very interesting game, how that played out in and of itself. But the thing that's relevant for Flyers fans is Elliot Friedman uh, gave a, a little latest report on news and rumors and happened to mention that Scott Lawton could be on the trading block and that um, basically the Flyers don't really necessarily want to trade him. But as Danny Breer has said, they'll listen to offers on anyone. And there's definitely interest in him. Sure. I mean, there's always going to be interest in a center only making $3 million who could play, you know, third line center. And if you had to second, always, but I'll tell you, it, and it and actually was from the combine because I listened to the report and because Elliot was at the combine, like earlier in the week, talking to GMs and such. Mm -hmm. And so my takeaway on it was the flyers are basically saying, yeah, listen, we'll, We'll listen to offers on Scott Lawton, the same as they did on Hart. I, I don't expect anything to happen, though. Yeah, I think for me, Scott Lawton is, even though he, he is an excellent player and he can play so many different roles and, you know, there is a, a lot of um, reasons to want to trade for him. For me, he is that guy that the Flyers want to keep around through this rebuild and be the glue guy right. and the leader at the at the you know when we come out of it on the other end and have a quality team. He's one of the guys that gets to reap the benefits of this rebuild. Right? Yes, but again, it's it's the old story. If somebody wants to offer us something stupid, we'll listen. Yeah, uh, I think so as well. Um, so turning to that NHL combine, uh, obviously you were just there. Uh, how did you think it compared to past years in terms of intensity or speculation or anything like that? Well, and, okay. So there were a few things that were different. Uh, the first one was when it started, it was, I would say, sparsely attended by teams. So, and that was pointed out to me by somebody else and it didn't get much better during the day. So then we realized a lot of teams just, did their thing with interviews and watched the, you know, the early testing. Cause like when we went in to talk to some of the guys on Friday, they were just kind of going through the, the stations and getting used to it before, you know, 
before they'd actually get before it would count on Saturday. Right. And a lot of teams were gone. I never saw anybody from the Flyers. So they, they could have been gone by Thursday. You know, they were there. I think everybody got there Monday or Tuesday, and they could have been gone by Thursday or, or, or Friday morning. So didn't see anybody there. And so I would say if I had to make a guess of the 32 teams, there was maybe 10 or 12 that stood throughout the day. And it's usually more. Yeah, so they were there earlier in the week for all the interview stages, but once the physical tests happened, they were just like, yeah, we'll look it up or something afterwards. And so, I mean, and they again, they may have seen some of the initial testing where guys were practicing being at the stations. They they probably saw that. So yes, so that that was different because usually it was it was better. Like as an example, Kyle Dubas would always be like in the corner watching everything all the time. Every year he was not there. So he was probably gone already. I know he was interviewing guys, right? Because guys talked about him. So he was gone already yeah. at that point. So so there's that. Um, I think teams did um, interview more players than usual. I felt like um, there were so many players that said, well, you know, if you talk to them, how many did you interview? Well, 24. You know, Tom Willander, wow. Tom Willander I think, said 30. I think he was the highest one. Yeah, so like, you know, once you get like that, you realize, okay, teams are really doing their due diligence on that. Yeah, I think with a draft like this, where there's so many different ways they could play out, I guess teams are just trying to hedge their bets and talk to everybody they possibly can because they don't know who's going to be available when they pick. Right. And again, there's the old saying that, hey, like everybody spoke to Connor Bedard because it's like, you know, you never know if you get him in a trade or something. So you're not going to get him on draft day, but it doesn't mean you won't get him at some point in, right. in his career. So they, they talked to him, but they also, uh, an interesting thing was like with Lucas Carlson, Lucas Carlson was interviewed by like the Red Wings. And so he was asked about all the other Swedes in the draft because they, the Red Wings <laughs> right. knew, Hey, we're not getting Lucas Carlson, but we could use him as like an advanced scout and get an idea of what he thinks of these other players that he's played with. And that's valuable information. So that's another way that, that you could use that to your advantage. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, so in terms of the flyers, uh, you know, we were talking right before we started recording and you were saying it's almost as important who they didn't talk to as who they did. So like, what did, what did you mean by that? So what I meant by that is if I just walked around and said, did you talk to the Flyers? And they said, yes, it's like, okay, but I kind of knew they were talking to you. So I've got a certain, I've got to select out a group of guys that I don't think that they would talk to for various reasons, too short, too skinny, too small for the position, those kinds of things, things that they've been consistent with messaging uh, all along here, like even what Brent said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Brent Flair. So uh, I went and did that and wasn't surprised that they, you know, spoke to Zach Benson because they did say, hey, you, you got to talk to a super highly skilled guy if you don't, you're missing, potentially missing out. So they did that. So check, check that off. Um, but like a guy like Luca Cagnoni, a uh, five foot nine defenseman, they didn't talk to him. Andrew right. Strathman. No, he's five foot eleven, and he's a pretty good defenseman. So, and then I, I asked other guys that I could tell 
would be um, little longer term projects, like you're, you know they're 160 pounds. Didn't talk to them. So what I ascertained, and it's not a perfect science, but I spoke to a lot of players. What I ascertained was the Flyers, what they said that they that they've done in the past, and what they like, and what they're going to do is so far what they're going to do. So like towards the end of the draft, uh, I started getting a lot of hits on guys that the Flyers spoke to. They were guys like Charlie Strammel, who's big and strapping and strong and, right. and, and Brady Cleveland and, you know, guys like that, Cam Allen, you know, these guys are all big, strong, either defensemen, two of them were defensemen, Strammel's an offensive guy. And that's, when I said, okay, I kind of see that, and, it, and it's not a perfect science, obviously, because if the board changes, maybe they'll change, but if everything kind of goes to plan, I think they're exactly what you think they're going to take is what they're going to take as far as type of player. That is very intriguing, uh, you know, based on what we've talked about. And there were over 100 players invited yeah. to the combine. And so you have guys there that could potentially go second, third yeah. round in the draft. So when you're picking at that point, obviously the risk goes up and the chance of getting a, an NHL player goes down a little bit. So these conversations are actually pretty important. So based on all of that, it seems like there's some different scenarios that could happen yeah. for the Flyers, you know, based on who they talk to. And I think that's a perfect thing to start off talking about coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy, you're stuck at your desk, you're eating whatever you can and just get through the day. But what if you could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance? With a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water, you could do just that and absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, which just isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal, optimal nutrition routine on your own, all for around $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Well, we'll have more draft prospect profiles as the week continues that are maybe more focused based on what we learned at the NHL combine. And so Russ, synthesizing everything you took away from all the players the Flyers did talk to, who they didn't talk to, and you know what you heard from those players that they did talk to. Like, what is your takeaway from uh, what could potentially happen at the draft from the Flyers? Right. So, you know, the first scenario is they straight up pick at seven, uh, and they take like Leonard or Reinbacher. Reinbacher is definitely in the conversation here. Is it the right move? I don't think so, because I think uh, he's a number three at best. 
And but again, now there's the argument that's going around is a number three worth more than maybe a second line forward. And maybe maybe that's true. But um, I think Leonard could be a first line forward. So uh, so there's that. If I had to put odds on it, I would say uh, right now the odds are probably leaning towards Reinbacher. So that's scenario number one. And that, and that's also skipping over Benson if he's there. Even though they spoke to him, they have to show me that they're going to take him. And I couldn't find anybody that thought the, the Flyers would take him that, that kind of knows the Flyers. So that's one. Right. Second one is they still go with one of those two picks. And then at 22, they go with either like Jaden Perron or Gavin Brindley. Now, that's where they were willing to go a little smaller for the really high upside, speedy, offensive player. And there's a Perron interview up on my Instagram page now at Sportsology, and you could listen to that. And he did speak to the Flyers. And Brindley, uh, I'll put one up as well. Again, it's going to take a few days. So, like, we're going to cover the combine for a couple days because there's a lot to break down. Right. There's no way I could be one person and break it all down in a day. So, and Brindley's, you know, for a smaller guy, a physical specimen too. Like he's just really super fit. And so those are two guys. So that's the other scenario. The other scenario, the third one is still Leonard or Weinbacher. And I do think they would take Oliver Moore if he's there. Just in my mind, he may not be there. Right. I just want to throw that in, but I do think they would take him. So then we go down and... This is where they trade the 22nd overall pick and get like a second and a third in this draft or a second now and a third in another draft, something like that, right? And they get the second and they go and get like Cam Allen, defenseman. And he um, he likens himself to Ryan McDonough. I like him because he's a guy that can be out there for heavy minutes, plays in all situations. Team coaches really count on him. So, and I even specified with him, I said, listen, Ryan McDonough's nickname used to be Mac Truck. Is that, is that really <laughs> what you're after here? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I, I, I could play like that. So, so there's that scenario. And then just other third round options. This is where I think they're going to go big again, like they did with Devin Kaplan. Right. So this is like where um, Brady Cleveland, big defenseman that we talked about in this show, he's getting bigger. As you like arm wise, and he he wants to go to two thirty. I don't know if he'll actually get there, but he wants to go to mm-hmm. two thirty. And with the way he hits, and and the way he skates, be interesting. But if, you know, but if he gets to two twenty, like he'll be a specimen. That's a big guy. <laughs> yep. So that's a big guy. And then you know they'll probably watch Strammel. Strammel may get out of the first round, but he probably won't get out of the second. But they. But they like that type of guy, too. Uh, big guy, can play center or wing. Again, another physical specimen. But he has good hands, good skater. And those things align with, you know, what they've talked about. So those are some of the early options. I have a litany. Like, one day I'll come out with a list of, like, a bunch of these guys that they spoke uh-huh. to. But I can't do it now. I just don't have the time yet. So I think those are interesting scenarios that you're looking at. So you're looking at at seventh overall really is kind of a toss up now between 
taking Reinbacher and taking a top forward, whoever that may be, Leonard being the most likely candidate. And then the, the option of trading the 22nd overall pick, I don't love it just because I think that they could get another quality player that maybe it'll be higher risk taking somebody at the lower pick. But at the same time, if they're really keyed in on taking a guy that's going to take longer to develop at that pick or looking more closely at some of those defensemen, right, that cluster at the top of the second round that we talked about last week where there's this gap between the top few defensemen that are like mid first round and then there aren't really that same level of player worth picking at defense until the begin late late first round early second round yeah yeah and you know just as an example like you know cam allen's not a big strapping guy he's he's 511 but he is already like 190 and he's got big arms and he's so he you know he's a guy that you wouldn't worry about size wise and maybe they know he's going to grow an inch or two. Like who knows? But I'll just go back and quote Rachel Dory, on, you know, a friend of mine, on that. Where her big thing is, would it make you feel better, like as a fan or a team, if a guy grows an inch or two and all of a sudden is six foot instead of being like five ten? Like, does that make you feel that much better? And it's an interesting point because it really shouldn't. Yeah. But it does seem like that's a thing. Yeah, it absolutely could be now. Uh, one position we haven't talked about is the goalies. And so what was your sense or your takeaway about the goalies that who talked to who did the flyers talk to any of them at all? I didn't get a sense of that. That's I failed on the goalie mission because I was so locked in for everything else. Like the goalies were sparse, like when they would throw them out there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get to have those conversations. So I'm going to take them at face value that they're probably not looking for a goalie, but I don't know that. Right. I think maybe they don't think that they're in the pick position to get Harabel or Trey Augustine. Right. And and so they were focused on other things. And and that's fair because I think that is correct that pick wise at the moment, unless they trade down with that 22nd pick and use one of the picks in return to get a goalie. But it just doesn't seem like that's something that they're focused on. It, it doesn't seem like it. And but to give you an example, like sometimes talking to these guys could be hit and miss because basically like it's almost like you're at a um at, you're at a fast food restaurant and they give you the buzzer and they walk by and they say trey augustine and they walk by and they say this guy and that guy right and then you have to figure out where you want to go sometimes you have to go two or three places like i never saw trey augustine i wanted to talk to right. him because they said he'll be up in two minutes and then like i remember looking around and i was like I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he was here. Maybe he wasn't like, I just never spoke right. to him, you know? So, so the goalie part, yeah, I failed on the goalie part. It's, it's a busy weekend. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you a pass. Okay. On Appreciate that, that. Friend. We'll definitely keep an eye on anything else we hear from the flyers, especially if any picks get traded uh, on draft day or, or whatnot in terms of uh, what they could potentially be doing at that position. Now, one of the other things, obviously, is like some of the athletic competitions get noticed, especially like the anaerobic exercise yeah. and all and all of that. But it, it didn't seem like there was any like huge. Oh, that guy did well on this particular competition, right? Or, or this particular physical exercise that it just to me it felt like from what I was hearing it wasn't as important a factor. 
this time around. I can't say that yet because like they would have the screens and the and results would come up, but then I'm also talking to someone while I'm doing it and you're trying to process it. Um, I'm going to go through the testing because there definitely were a few players. I spoke to one about it in particular, but I can't recall who that was right this moment who definitely aced it, like aced it way better mm-hmm. than you would expect. Oh, no, actually, it was um, Tom Willander. Mm-hmm. I noticed some things uh, for him and, and, and a few other players. So I'll probably have a list of like five that I felt like really helped themselves. It's never going to hurt you. Like the Sam Bennett pull-ups thing, guys playing in the Stanley Cup, right? Did it matter that he couldn't do two right. pull-ups? No. In the end, it does no. not matter. But you can help yourself here, but I'm not at that point yet. I need to look over the data. Yeah, Willander did pretty well in the anaerobic fitness test. Vertical, which is the vertical leap. Of, I remember there was a big number mm-hmm. for him, and he might have been the leader for a while. You know, it's just one of those things that, that makes you think. Well, the vertical leap, like as an example, bit. there is like a science to it. So why would you care if a hockey player could jump high? Well, because it's working with that calves and the legs, and that's where you get like your speed burst from. Yeah, it's the initial speed when you're right. skating. So that's the, yeah. the correlation there. That's why they're having him do it. All right. Uh, any like fun little stories or interesting questions you heard that teams asked players? Well, I mean, so one fun story was um, towards the end, William Whitelaw, who played for um, Youngstown, uh, was saying, you know, they he's going to um, Wisconsin and you know, he's got some buddies there and he's hoping they'll show him around and everything else. And so like literally 30 seconds later, I'm talking to Charlie Strammel, who is at Wisconsin and got there a right. year early and is his buddy and said, yes, he would show him around. <laughs> he started laughing about it <laughs> and said he would show him the ins and outs and everything. So, you know, so, so there was some of that. There's always like dad stories. Some of the dads who played. Um, so Ethan Gauthier, Gauthier. He, um, his dad's former flyer defenseman, Dennis Gauthier, mm-hmm. if you remember him. So what he said that that was kind of funny was, and Ethan's a forward and Dennis, you know, was a defenseman. What was funny about that was they asked if he, you know, they'd seen his dad play at all. If he went to YouTube and he goes, yeah, I looked at a few of those tribute videos. <laughs> and he said, when I look at those videos, he was being very physical. So maybe it influenced him a little bit. So, so that was funny. funny. You know, look at a tribute videos of your dad when he played in like back in 06, 07, like as an example. So, so there was some of that. You know, there's some local guys, obviously, Quentin Musty is local, uh, Gavin McCarthy, local. So they, they sucked up a lot of that local flavor, uh, in Buffalo, which they should. Musty played right on that rink at the Harbor Center when he was a kid because he's not that old. That's cool. Yeah. So he's really like, in that area. And then the Leafs are still doing their thing. Like they show you a play for like three seconds and they blank out the screen. And then they tell the player, fill in the gap. What happened? What do you think happened here? So, and and like Willander said, part of the problem with that was not trying to figure out what happened, but the screen is kind of limited. So you can't see everything that's sort of happening on the screen to kind of see what's developing. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I thought, wow, this guy's really smart. Like this kid is yeah, really smart. You need a full he view of that, the entire he, ice. Yes. He he's yeah. used to that vision that he could see all of it and then make a decision. That's to me, that was a really smart answer. So he's clearly yeah. moving up in this draft. 
Uh, I probably even have to adjust his ranking because the hockey IQ is way higher than I thought. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Anybody who moved up or down in your eyes based on the combine plus have our nemesis of the week coming up next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Russ. So uh, you mentioned Willander moving up in people's estimation based on the combine. Was there anybody that went up or down besides him? I think Strammel. Uh, I remember him um, thinking he aced like the bench press. So I think he's another guy, but I don't have any other thoughts about that as far as what they did in the competition part, you know, like exercising. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as just mindset certainly all defensemen and including Reinbacher have moved up like basically my takeaway from you know all this chatter is even though you and I and a lot of other people may value a defenseman a certain way it's almost like you're going shopping for a car and you have one day to do it and so you're going to make the best decision you can for that day. You're going to, I'm like, look, Rachel, we're going to like six places and then we're going to yeah. get a car. Right. And we're going to, whichever one was best, that was best. Well, I think that's what they're going to do with defensemen, even though we don't see any as being top pairing defensemen, they're going to, there's going to be a run on them and they're identifying the ones they want and they're going to take them anyhow. And when you say they, do you mean team. all teams or do you mean the Flyers? Well, definitely the Flyers seem like one of those teams, but a few other teams too. And that's the takeaway. So I'm not going to be shocked if Reinbacker goes seven. Big is still popular, by the way, being a big player. So if Matthew Wood all of a sudden is in the top 10, I'm not going to be shocked because, you know, as an example, remember Tyler Boucher went 10th, Brian's yep. kid, and Matthew Wood is way more talented yeah. than yeah no offense, I, like, way more. I don't know if that's a good example but um. i know but i'm just using it because it's what it's in my yeah. head and so yeah so like matthew wood could be in the top 10 or you might go like right at 11 so sure. you know that's certainly happened all right well there's certainly a lot more questions than answers i think at this point and we we'll have more be- answers during the week i'm telling you i'm going to be looking back on this stuff we will absolutely be touching on some of the prospects that the Flyers talk to and, and uh, especially the 22nd overall and third round options that you mentioned. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, our nemesis of the week, if you are newer to our program each and every Monday, we take a look around the league and say, you know, what is the thing that is the Flyers biggest stumbling block right now? Or what are we most nervous about? 
with the Flyers and name our nemesis of the week. Last week, we talked a little bit about uh, the outdoor game announcement and me lamenting that uh, we will never get that Penn State outdoor game that I want so desperately and a lot of fans would like to see. Uh, this week, I think, you know, trying to read the tea leaves here from from the combine and from r- trade rumors and all of that. Um, it seems like the Flyers are really going for it in this rebuild to a large degree. And so that just adds more questions because we won't even know where they're at. they'll actually end up picking until the last minute, probably. And that is right. frustrating to me because I like order in the chaos. <laughs> and so just for me personally, I understand it's the right thing to do intellectually but i would like to know where the flyers are picking and i would like to know that for sure now russ yeah you know but like i spoke to an assistant gm in the league and they get nervous the same way you do about things like that like like that's that was you know we were chatting about that that exact thing so that kind of anxiety hits the teams too it does Interesting. Um, so but here's here's my um thought so when you're traveling and you're getting like your free breakfast with a included or you're getting something catered like at the um like at the combine the worst thing on the tray for me is always the bagel because <laughs> i am a bagel snob and it's got a we, we have had this conversation before Russ. no but this is the difference there's a trick there's a twist here the twist here is and they're not gonna like this the tim horton's bagel is a very like entry-level basic not great bagel here and it was everywhere like you know i was with michael jello who lives here and he was pointing out that's a tim horton's bagel that's tim horton's bagel and look i get it like if you're gonna just toast it and hope for the best fine it does make it a little more palatable but i stayed away from the catering bagels rachel because they just they don't stand up to snuff now buffalo you know has good bagels, so I'm told. I didn't get a chance to to check them out this time. I'll check it out my next trip here. But that's my nemesis is just the catering bagel or the bagel that you get in your breakfast and you know at the Holiday Inn or wherever. Stay away from it. Get something else. Get the English muffin, even if it's not a Thomas's. The English muffin performs much better in this. No, usually bagels you get at those places, like at hotels, they're all mass produced. They're not actual like local bagel joint made. Yeah. Um, But yeah, all you had to say was Tim Horton's bagel and I knew to stay away. (laughs) So you go to Tim Horton's for for the donuts. Let's be real. The donuts, the coffee, that's what people like. Yes. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So that will do it for today's show. Of course, we will be back tomorrow and we are going to talk about a couple of those guys you mentioned on uh, your report from the combine Jaden Perron and Gavin Brindley so uh, look forward to that Uh, of course we always want to hear from you so you can send us your mailbag or draft questions via twitter at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.